Hello, Clergy Chick listeners. I want to invite you to listen to my new podcast along with my friend David Brown. We're calling it Pastor Life. It's for pastors. So check it out. Pastor Life wherever you listen. And with that, you're listening to the Clergy Chick podcast. My name is Rhonda Blevins. I'm the Clergy Chick. From February the 14th, 2021 at Chapel by the Sea in Clearwater Beach, Florida, the text is Psalm chapter 30. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and did not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you have healed me. O Lord, you brought up my soul from Sheol, restored me to life from among those gone down to the pit. Sing praises to the Lord, O you, his faithful ones, and give thanks to his holy name, for his anger is but a moment His favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may linger for the night, but joy comes with the morning. As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. And by your favor, O Lord, you had established me as a strong mountain. You hid your face. I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I cried, and to the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my death if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it tell of your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be gracious to me. O Lord, be my helper. You have turned my mourning into dancing. You have taken off my sackcloth and clothed me with joy, so that my soul may praise you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Well, I had another COVID test this week, and if you've not experienced the joys of having a COVID test, let me attempt to describe it for you. So they get a Q-tip, a a (laughs) Q-tip, a 72-foot Q-tip, and they proceed to stick it up into your nose, both nasal cavities, right? And they don't just stop in the area where your pinky finger might fit, not that I would know. what area that would be but so I'm told the area where your pinky finger they they keep going and they and they push it all the way up in there and they and they get out a little of the gray matter from your brain and then and then they pull it back out and so I got another COVID test on on this this week and by the way I'm negative negative yay (laughs) Uh, so One of the greatest feelings on the planet right now is not having a 72-foot Q-tip up your nose. That's that's one of the best feelings. Maybe you've not had that experience of having a COVID test, so let me see if I can find another example. You ever had shoes on that were really uncomfortable, like dress shoes? I know women, we have sometimes these crazy heels, or men, you got the the dress shoes, and your feet are just kind of squished up in there, and you wear them all day, and you're like, oh, I can't wait to get these shoes off. And finally, maybe you get home, and you take off your shoes, and oh, your toes are free, and you can wiggle them, and it's such a great feeling to have off those shoes. That's a really good feeling, right? That's one of the best feelings on the planet is to take, but who am I talking to? You people haven't worn dress shoes since you moved to Florida. It's flip-flops all day, every day down here in Florida, right? So this palpable feeling of relief after having the Q-tip finally out of your nose or taking off the uncomfortable shoes, this feeling of relief 
It's the same feeling that I am getting recently as people I love are telling me that they've gotten their first or even second COVID shot, right? I'm looking at a few of you who've told me that, and it's just like, Oh, great. And every time somebody I love tells me that, it's like a little bit of the weight of the world is, is dissipating off of my shoulder. Same experience for you? And it's, it's like this anxiety I didn't even realize I was carrying this past year. It's like it kind of just is beginning to dissipate as people are telling me that they're getting their first or second COVID shot. It's been about a year now, about a year since we first learned about this this novel coronavirus and and all of the implications that it would have on our lives and how our world would change. And my seven-year-old on the way to church this morning, not even knowing what my sermon was about, he was like, we don't like the coronavirus very much, do we, mommy? I was like, no, I know I'm supposed to love everything, but I admit I don't love the coronavirus. And he said, it's because our world has changed, isn't it, Mommy? And I was like, yeah. And so I asked him, I said, what are some things that have changed? He said, well, we're wearing masks now, for one. I was like, yes, we are. And he said, and Mimi hasn't come to visit for another. I was like, no, she hasn't. And he named two or three other things. Even the seven-year-old understands that our world is, is different. Our world has changed. And maybe some of you have even lost people that you love over this past year. And maybe we should just pause for a moment while you whisper their names to God. Amen. And even though it's been a difficult year, and this is unique among our life experience, nothing like this has ever happened in our lifetime, it's really not unique in the human experience. It's not unique to humanity. Our ancestors have been through crazy times as well. Plagues and pestilence and perseverance. uh, Persecution, not perseverance. I had three Ps lined up and then I blew it, didn't I? (laughs) Persecution. Our ancestors have been through it. Unique to our experience, but our ancestors have been through it. And in fact, the psalmist... From our Old Testament, our psalmist knew this range of human emotion from from the deepest sorrow to the greatest joy to to despair to hope. And the psalms include all of this range of human emotion. And some of the psalms, some of the psalms kind of hang out on one emotion, either great joy or, or deep lament. The particular psalm that we read together this morning, Psalm chapter 30, it it contains both, both extremes of of human emotion. What does it say that that morning lasts, how does it go? You know this verse. Morning lasts through the nighttime, but joy, joy comes in the morning. You see the range of emotion that the psalmist is, is giving to us there. And the psalmist recognizes that, that in the human experience, there is both laughter And there are tears, and it's all part of our human experience. But the thing is, is that life doesn't hang out at one of those extremes or the other forever. Laughter will not last forever, but neither will the tears. And that through it all, God is with us. That's what I believe this psalm wants to to communicate to us. 
What's been troubling about this year is that many of the mechanisms that we use to cope with challenges in our world, many of the rituals and mechanisms that especially we as people of faith use, they have been taken from us. One of the things that we do as a, as a people of faith, and it's a ritual that we do, and it, and it helps the troubles of the world kind of dissipate, is that we come together and we sing, and we're not doing that because we're trying to be as safe as we can possibly be. Some of the other rituals of, of gathering around table with friends and family have, have been taken from us. And so some of our coping mechanisms, the rituals that we use to get through life, have been taken through us. It's been difficult this year. Lorraine Worth sent me an article a week or two ago that talks about ritual as, as, as a container for our human experience of loss. That we, as humans, need rituals to kind of mark transitions and to mark the, the experience of loss. And without it, we, we, we feel unmoored. With ritual, it can open us up to, to, to life and to greater, broader experience. And it's, it's a hopeful thing. But without ritual, our world can tend to close in. And we've experienced that this year. Think about a high school student getting ready to graduate, Right? That high school student's getting ready to lose friends and routine and, and everything that that high school student knows, but yet we have this ritual of commencement services, and we, we say, yay, you did it, now off to bigger, better new things. So instead of a sorrowful event of graduating from high school, it becomes a joyful event that opens them up to bigger, better new things. Our worship as a community of faith is a ritual we, we come together and we, we kind of mark time by the coming together, by the singing of songs, by the praying of prayers, by hearing the, the, the great hymns of faith, and most often, you know, when it's not COVID time, singing together. These are rituals that help us mark time and move through life without feeling unmoored. And so in this Psalm chapter 30, um, it, it marks time. It's a transition. This is a, a psalm of a new beginning. Here, here's what one commentator says about this psalm. It says, this psalm proclaims that endings are not as final as we sometimes think they are. It does not deny the reality of the darkness. It does not deny the experience of the absence of God. And it does not deny the dismay of finding that our beliefs do not always stand up to the realities of life. But it affirms that out of that grievous experience of death can emerge a new joy, a new hope, a new future, and a new confirmation of what it is to be the people of God. Last Sunday... We had a little fun with Tom Brady. Remember that? Tom came to church. All right, a cut, cardboard cutout of Tom. Somebody, I think Marsha Drossi suggested that uh, it, was, it was us giving Tom Brady some extra mojo that helped him win the Super Bowl. I, I think we did it. For, we put, put him over the edge there. But uh, people watching online saw that Tom Brady was here, and a couple that hasn't been to church because they're not coming out in crowds, uh, Ken and Carol King, they came by because they wanted a picture with Tom Brady. So... If you're watching Ken and Carol, I'm so glad you came by. And while they were here, they told me, they said, Rhonda, we got our first COVID vaccine shot. And I was like, oh, great. And you know that feeling of, of relief. And, and I told them, I said, every time somebody tells me that, it's as if a little weight of the world is, dissipates. And I breathe a sigh of relief. And Kristen Mann, our office manager, was, was there. And she said, you know what we should do? We should ring a bell. 
And I was like, ha ha, we should ring a bell and kind of moved on in the conversation. And then I thought about it. I thought, oh my gosh, we should ring a bell. We should ring a bell. We should have a ritual to mark the transition from COVID world to post-COVID world, whatever that looks like. We should ring a bell. And so I'm inviting you to uh, enter into a new ritual with me of ringing a bell when someone in our church family completes their vaccination dosage. If it's two or maybe there's one that's coming out that's one. Whenever someone completes it, we can ring a bell and celebrate. Bell ringing historically has happened for lots of different reasons. There's a dinner bell, you know, makes your mouth water when you hear that one ring. There's a bell that that you hear rung when somebody leaves a really good tip at the bar, right? There's that bell. There's the bell ringing, there's wedding bells. Did bells ring at your wedding, maybe? There's bells, uh, uh, there's a poem called For Whom the Bell Tolls that talks about a tradition of ringing the bell at a funeral. But the one I'm thinking about is the bell that is rung after an oncology patient finishes their course of chemotherapy treatment. Some of you have been through that. You ring the bell and you're you're done with the treatment and I'm still here. You didn't beat me. And that's what I'm thinking about by the ringing of the bell that we will hopefully do together. The victory bell. There are two reasons why I think this is a good idea. Number one is I'm not the only one who should get the palpable experience of feeling relief when our fellow church members um, have gotten their vaccination. We should, I should share that with you. I should share that joy with you. And so ringing the bell, we can celebrate with one another and, and, and regain a sense of hope being restored to our community of faith. So that's one reason. It's a celebration. But there's another reason. The ringing of the bell is a, a, a tangible, palpable, physical way to mark a transition in our lives from COVID world to post-COVID world. For instance, when I'm able to ring the bell and and my name is spoken as the bell is rung, you know what I'm going to go do that day? I want to go to a restaurant. (laughs) I'm going to go inside a restaurant and I'm going to eat everything on the menu. I'm just going to bring it on, pile it on, everything on the menu. What are you going to do when you're able to ring that bell? Maybe those of you who haven't ventured back to worship in person, maybe that'll be your first Sunday back is the day that you can ring that bell. Or maybe you'll book that trip you've been putting off. What are you going to do when you can ring that bell? It's a way to mark time. It's a way for us to say, I rang the bell and now I can. And for us to do this as a community of faith, I think it is, is powerful and beautiful that we can move through this transition together as a community of faith. As we ring the bell, not only is it a celebration, not only does it mark time, not only can we say victory, but we can also remember God's faithfulness that brought us through. There's a poem by Alfred Lord Tennyson. It's a beautiful poem. Maybe you remember it from school. I, I, I barely do. Ring out wild bells is the name. Ring out wild bells to the wild sky, the flying cloud, the frosty light. The year is dying in the night. Ring out wild bells and let him die. Ring out the old, ring in the new. Ring happy bells across the snow. The year is going, let him go. Ring out the false, ring in the true. 
Ring out the grief that saps the mind for those that here we see no more. Ring out the feud of rich and poor. Ring in redress to all mankind. Ring out a slowly dying cause and ancient forms of party strife. Ring in the nobler modes of life with sweeter manners, purer laws. Ring out the want, the care, the sin, the faithless coldness of the times. Ring out, ring out my mournful rhymes, but ring the fuller minstrel in. Ring out false pride in place and blood, the civic slander and the spite. Ring in the love of truth and right. Ring in the common love of good. Ring out old shapes of foul disease. Ring out the narrowing lust of gold. Ring out the thousand wars of old. Ring in the thousand years of peace. Ring in the valiant man and free. The larger heart, the kindlier hand. Ring out the darkness of the land. Ring in the Christ that is to be. Thanks for listening to the Clergy Chick Podcast. Until next time, keep on shining.